Hello and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Serta, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Elke Wies is the international best-selling author in practical philosophy that can help transform your everyday life with simple changes. Wies also writes and directs performances, short stories, monologues, and narrative philosophical poetry, writes articles, produces podcasts, and is an active trainer, facilitator, and of course, practical philosopher. She leads workshops in practical philosophy and the art of asking questions, teaching Socratic dialogue within organizations. She's the author of How to Know Every Thing, which of course is what we're really here to learn. So Elke, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Um, I'm thrilled that you're having me here. So we're here to start learning a little bit about Socratic dialogue and why that might be important to us. So it's something you write about in the book. So in this episode, I do want to touch on, um, on Socrates, on Socratic dialogue and why that's important to us. So let's start there. Why is it important to us and what does it actually mean? So a Socratic dialogue is actually a form of a discussion, a form of a dialogue, which is pretty strict. It has a set of rules. It has a set of steps. And the only purpose there is to gain wisdom. So normally, quote unquote, we have discussions or debates where we want to convince the other person uh, of a topic or an argument. But in a Socratic dialogue, the only thing you know is that you don't know anything so the purpose there is to gain some different perspectives and to ask questions so usually a philosophical question is at hand for example is it okay to lie to your friends or when does helping stop being helpful so those are all like these life questions that we are curious about that we would like to to reflect upon but we generally don't take the time to do so. And we generally also don't know how to do it. So you talk about Socrates and sneakers. What do you mean by that term? Socrates and sneakers is actually his ancient style of having conversations, of having discussions, but twisted into a modern day practical thing that we can all benefit from. So give us some examples. I mean, how can we start learning like Socratic dialogue? I would propose to give some examples of Socratic skills because the Socratic dialogue, like, you know, the academic, the really structured, you know, high culture kind of thing, it's maybe not for everybody. But some Socratic skills might include, for example, slowing down. Our conversations tend to be very quick. Uh, We tend to react more than reflect. So one of the the skills that I would like to propose if people are curious about how to do this is just slow down in your conversations. Instead of producing words immediately after the other has finished speaking, take a moment of silence and just reflect upon, okay, what question do I want to ask? And then instead of asking just five questions and, you know, let's just see what the other person will do with it, I will, I might ask just one. So I think slowing down is a pretty important skill, actually. 
Another uh, skill would be to listen differently. And in the book, I call it, uh, you know, listening Socratically. So generally, we listen with the idea of to have an opinion of something that the other person is telling me. So, for example, you are my friend and you tell me about this argument that you had with your partner because he or she spent money without asking you first. Generally, I would listen to your story and think, well, what would I think if I were in your shoes? What would I do? Well, I don't agree with you there. So then I start sharing my own story, like, oh, but, but I had just the same thing. Or I start giving you advice that you might not even want to have. So Socratic listening is about not doing all that and really listen pretty cleanly, I would say, to the language that the other person is using and what that language implies. And it has an intention not of having an opinion or what would I do, but the intention to understand and to develop and to think. So it's a pretty curious intention as well. Okay. So how can learning Socratic dialogue actually help us transform debates into dialogues? Well, I would say that, first of all, they are two very different things, a debate and a dialogue. They have very different um, structures, very different purposes. If we, if we were to be in a debate, I would try to convince you and I would try to win a debate. A dialogue has nothing to do with either. I wouldn't try to convince you and I wouldn't want to win something. So it's a very different form of communicating together. I do think, however, that, you know, there's a gap and Socratic competencies or some Socratic skills that are applied in a debate can actually, you know, lift it up just a little. And I think it, it starts by listening and not listening to reply with my ideas, with my opinions, but listening to really understand where the other person is coming from and then try to make my argument if necessary. In Socratic dialogue, you know, we use arguments, we use statements, and then we use our critical thinking and common sense as tools to check, is this true? Does this make sense? Or does it make no sense? But it has nothing to do with you versus me. It's you and me versus the issue. So it's a very different attitude, actually. So that is in context of how that can help, we say, transform debate into dialogue, but this is more the point that in general, we have debates rather than dialogues, right? Is that, is that essentially the sentiment that you feel in society that can be turned around into something a bit more healthy, like an actual dialogue? Exactly. The most conversations that I see are either debates or arguments or verbal fights, and it has nothing to do with dialogue whatsoever. Or it's just an exchange of opinions or anecdotes, you know, at a birthday party where you tell me how you feel about hashtag me too or racism or whatever, and I tell you how I feel about those topics, and then we each go our separate ways. But that's not a dialogue. Two monologues do not a dialogue make. <laughs> so how can we do better? We can do better by educating ourselves by 
learning about what a true dialogue is and how we can develop like you know all these Socratic skills that we've been talking about but it starts with reflection on what am I doing right now am I trying to convince the other person of something am I trying to win here what am I doing and why am I doing it so quite meta right so like having a conversation with yourself yes yeah I think that's that's a good description of of where it starts. And what about things like doubts and self-doubts? Like how can the skill help us hone those and, and gain more confidence and maybe even quieten something that we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is the inner critic? Yes, I love that question. That implies that doubts would be something that we need to embrace where generally we, we don't like them. Well, well, I would say as a practical philosopher, doubt is probably the only thing that we have. <laughs> I think more things are uncertain than that they are certain. So doubt is pretty much the way to go if you want to develop a dialogue. The problem starts if we claim to know things we don't know, which we do all the time. So by acknowledging your doubt, your self-doubt, by embracing it, by, I would not even say embracing it because it suggests that we would rather get rid of them, I would say live your doubt because it is who we are as human beings. Actually, we don't know much. We don't know anything. So if we just start acknowledging that fact, then hey, there's room for a dialogue and a, a nice conversation. What is a practical philosopher? Like what, is, what does practical philosophy even mean? Yes, I love your question, that one as well, because oftentimes when I say I am a practical philosopher, people start looking at me funnily because philosophy and practical, that must be some sort of contradiction. You know, philosophy has to be academic and theoretical and difficult and only for very, very, very smart people. And this is why Socrates is a bit of my hero, because he said, you know, philosophy, you don't learn from a book. It's for the people. You have to have dialogues in order to, to gain true wisdom. So practical philosophy is actually the activity of philosophizing, of thinking together, of developing arguments and investigating those arguments and changing perspectives from time to time. And if people say, well, how, how does it work? Then I would reply, like, if you're older than 16, you have asked yourself a philosophical question from time to time. Like, who am I? Why am I here? Should I stay at my current job or should I change jobs? Should I stay in this relationship or not? Those are questions you cannot Google or Wikipedia your way out of them. You have to think. So from time to time, I think everyone is a practical philosopher. We just are not aware of it and we don't always have the skills to think clearly. Does it help to spend more time on your own if you want to be a good practical philosopher? No, because we can bullshit ourselves. We're too good at bullshitting ourselves. So suppose I have a problem, a thinking problem, a question that bothers me. Uh, for example, why do I get nervous when I'm speaking about money? Could be something that, that bothers me, yeah? So if I just stay by myself trying to get away, get myself out of there, 
I might be a little bit too nice to myself. I, I wouldn't really ask the, the necessary questions. I could easily fool myself in giving an answer which may not even be an answer. So I would say that in order to help you develop your thinking and really gain strength and new perspectives, I would say it's better to have another person there as well. And for anyone that's listening that wants to take, uh, you know, Socratic thinking and practical philosophy further in their life, what are the top three questions they should be asking themselves in order to take that next step? I would say that question number one is what are some different perspectives that I can investigate in this topic? And then you write down as many perspectives as you can. So number two might be, what do I not know yet? And then just start asking yourself some questions about stuff that you don't know yet. And the third one might just be, who can I ask to have a dialogue with that will not let me get away with my own BS? Got it. So someone to hold you accountable. Yes. And checking that if if I ask you a question where the answer should be yes or no, then you actually answer yes or no and not start a whole monologue about something else. That's one thing that we, you know, we encounter on an everyday basis. So if you want to develop some Socratic skills of your own, then that would be a good starting point. Got it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Elka. Looking forward to having you back in the next episode. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain health to get your free score from one to 100. See you next time.